We've talked a couple times this offseason about why South Carolina's rush defense is a concern in 2023. But when looking at some of the players in the back six, maybe we shouldn't be that worried. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock Athletics. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both wherever you get your audio podcasts daily and also on YouTube. And before we get to this Monday edition of Locked On Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Y'all don't need to hear me say too much once I make this statement. South Carolina's rush defense has been a massive concern for Shane Beamer and this coaching staff since their beginnings here in Columbia. And they actually did a little bit worse statistically in 2022. Going into 2023, losing some starters, you would think that maybe there's a chance that they won't improve that much. But when looking at some of the players on the defensive side of the ball, mainly linebackers Stone Bland and Debo Williams, I think that South Carolina's rush defense can be altered in 2023 in the sense that the narrative could change regarding South Carolina's rush defense. And as I mentioned, Stone Bland and Debo Williams can lead the charge when it comes to that, in my opinion. Why? Well, there's a couple different reasons. Firstly, the mentality that they carry. Secondly, the continuity that they have in Clayton White's scheme. And third, the play style that both of these guys have. So let's start off with the mentality of both these guys. And of course, I got to start off with Stone Blanton here because Stone Blanton is a guy that has been commended on multiple different occasions by South Carolina's head coach, Shane Beamer himself. When a head coach is doing that with one particular player on multiple different occasions, then you got to be doing something right. Stone Blanton has been described as a guy that is a first one in, last one out kind of player. And as somebody that stays in the building to get extra work in, whether it is the weight room, maybe it's the film room, and also maybe get some work in on the practice field as well. And honestly, when kind of looking at Stone Bland as a person overall, he kind of comes off as one of those guys that has a switch that he flips once he is in between the white lines on the football field. You listen to some of the interviews and some of the pressers that Stone Blanton is involved in. He comes off as an upstanding young man. He comes off as a guy that, you know, you just want to go out and play around a golf with. Someone that's got a lot of charisma. A guy that you just kind of want to hang out with and be buddies with. But once Stone Blanton is on the football field, he's a completely different dude. And those are the kind of guys that can really galvanize the troops, so to speak, for an entire side of the football, in this case, South Carolina's defense. And I think Stone Bland can fulfill that role just because of the personality and the mentality that he carries with himself. 
Debo Williams, when looking at his mentality that he has, look, this is all you got to say about Debo Williams. This is a guy that was playing for Division II Delaware just three years ago and decided to make the jump to the SEC via the transfer portal. And honestly, nobody seems to acknowledge the kind of confidence and also the kind of risk-adverse mindset that a guy's got to have to be willing to do something like this, especially in college football. This ain't college basketball. This ain't college baseball. This is college football. It's a completely different sport compared to the other two that I just mentioned. So for Debo Williams to make a move like that, you got to feel a certain way about yourself. So I don't think there really needs to be much more said about Debo Williams when it comes to the mentality that he has on the football field. Now, the second point is going to be a quick one, but it's an important one to bring up. The continuity in the system for both Debo Williams and Stone Blanton. Debo Williams is going into his third year in Clayton White's defensive scheme. Stone Blanton is going into his second year in Clayton White's defensive scheme. And I know that this is not the sexy talking point to bring up. I know that some people kind of get sick and tired of hearing the word continuity get thrown out there when it comes to football players and a certain defensive system or scheme or even offensive scheme. But y'all, it's important because Clayton White now, having Debo Williams and Stone Bland in his system for multiple years, both of these players have had more time to digest the communication, the verbiage that goes with Clayton White's defense to understand what it is that he wants them to do in terms of their assignments at their positions. And this allows these guys to build more confidence when they're in live game situations. And this increased confidence, therefore, is going to allow these guys to play faster on the football field. It is a real thing. When you feel better about what it is that you're getting ready to do, whether it is a football game or whether it is a daily task in your life, then you're going to be a little bit quicker. You're probably going to be a lot more effective when you're trying to complete that task. And that's something that is definitely going to manifest itself with Debo Williams and Stone Blanton in 2023, in my opinion. And then here's the other thing to take into account here. Both of these guys are very similar in terms of their on-field play style at the linebacker position. They're both downhill linebackers by nature. We'll start off with Debo Williams with this point. Williams is a linebacker that he's not exactly reckless. He has patience at the second level. However, when Debo Williams sees an opportunity, when he feels like that maybe he has reached a point where he can't wait any longer, it's just time to start running down the field, get to the quarterback or get to the running back and make the play, he is going to run like he is shot out of a cannon. Debo Williams does not get a whole lot of praise for the closing speed that he has once he makes a decision to go to a certain spot on the football field. I think the best example to go back and look at is honestly the Florida game from last fall. And I get it. Nobody wants to watch that game because of how the entirety of that contest unfolded. But if you go back and watch that game and just watch how Debo Williams played, I think it was honestly one of his best games as a Gamecock to date, and unfortunately got overshadowed by what all took place um, overall against the Gators that afternoon. Now, admittedly, because of the way Debo Williams does play, 
he is a boomer bust type of linebacker. What I mean by that is this. His aggressiveness is going to help him get multiple tackles for loss. There's going to be certain times where he's going to be able to get sacks. Because again, when Debo Williams makes a decision to go, there's no second thoughts. There's no hesitation. He is gone. However, there's going to be some plays that are going to happen on occasion where he might allow an inside cut or maybe he falls for a pump fake from the opposing quarterback. And because of that, the offense takes advantage, even though Debo Williams is in good position and maybe they make an explosive play out of it. They get a first down. They extend the drive one way or another. That doesn't sound great, obviously. However, here's the question I would then ask all of you. Would you rather have that or would you rather have Debo Williams sit back, maybe be a little bit overly patient at the second level, and the opposing team is constantly getting positive yardage down the field. You're rarely seeing negative plays take place. That has been a real negative, admittedly, for South Carolina's defense. There hasn't been enough negative plays in terms of sacks and tackles for loss. Debo Williams can change all of that if he is starting on the football field in 2023, and I believe he is going to just based on the circumstances. Stone Blanton, let's move on to his play style. Again, very similar to Debo Williams, but here is the main difference. Blanton has more of an ability to run sideline to sideline than Debo Williams does, admittedly. And his film studying, and again, his continuity in this system, having a second year now that he's going into, is going to allow him to just play even faster than he probably was able to in 2022. And if you go back and watch Stone Bland's high school film from his days back in Mississippi, Stone Bland can lay the boom on anybody when he is in good position. And again... He's got more knowledge of the playbook. He's probably going to be in a little bit better shape now being a true sophomore on this roster. And he already is a guy that, again, he brings a certain mentality, whether it is onto the football field or whether it's in the building every single day. I think Stone Blanton is a guy where you cannot really feel comfortable unless you get past him if you're an opposing running back. So overall... With Debo Williams and Stone Blanton, both of these guys can change the narrative around South Carolina's rush defense because of the mentality that they carry, their continuity in Clayton White's scheme, and also both of their play styles differ enough to where they could be a sort of yin-yang combination in the second level when it comes to their play style in South Carolina's defense in 2023. Now, admittedly, both of these guys alone cannot change the entire narrative when it comes to the rush defense. As much as I just commended both of them, these guys are going to need some help. And I think that that help can come from South Carolina's secondary. We're going to talk about the guys that could be a fixture in that equation in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by... FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get on, on the action than FanDuel. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets 
if your first bet doesn't win. Atlanta Braves fans, there's a lot to be excited about right now with the Braves' six-game winning streak and the fact that I believe they got a five-game lead over the second-place Miami Marlins in the National League East. They currently have the best odds to win the World Series according to FanDuel at plus 420. They have the second-best record in baseball with 90 games to go in the regular season. And they don't even have Max Fried or Kyle Wright in their starting rotation. Quite scary for the rest of Major League Baseball. So, if you like to put some money down on the Braves World Series odds, don't miss your chance to snack a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel is the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Locked On's NBA Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever before. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NBA Big Board, on YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, let's talk about South Carolina's secondary on the defensive side of the ball and continuing our discussion regarding South Carolina's rush defense and try to change the identity surrounding it. Because South Carolina's defensive backfield, especially the safety group, has got multiple players that can help guys like Stonebland and Debo Williams at linebacker and the rest of the Gamecocks defensive front in the rush defense department. And when you're going to talk about South Carolina's safety group or defensive backfield as a whole, you got to start off with Nick Edmund Worry, probably the best player on South Carolina's defense at this very moment. Nick Edmund Worry was South Carolina's best tackler last season as a true freshman. And we all found this out in just his first collegiate start when South Carolina took on the Arkansas Razorbacks in week two. Nick Edmund Worry was all over the field. He was making good wrap-up tackles against some of the biggest ball carries in the SEC that Arkansas possesses on their side of the ball. And he was also a guy that saved a touchdown early in the game. He was just flat out getting after it, despite the fact that it was only his second career college game and, again, his first career start. Now, admittedly, Nick Emmanuel, in my opinion, he did wear down a little bit as the season continued to progress. Not a humongous surprise for a guy that was playing such a big role like Nick Emmanuel was for this defense, because the other thing is this. We got to remember, in Clay White's defensive scheme, the safeties are honestly the most important players in terms of not just their play, but also how they relay signals and communicate with everybody else on the defense. It's not as much the linebackers, more so than it is the safeties. Nick Emmanuel had to shoulder all of that as a true freshman. It's a lot for him to have to handle, and I do think it took a toll on him as the season progressed, because... There were some times where he did maybe overrun a rushing lane that an opposing running back was taking. Maybe there were times where he actually kind of got himself too much out of position and he missed a tackle or two. But again, that's going to happen for a true freshman. But now Nick Emanwari is a sophomore. He's now, again, been in Clay White's system for a whole season. He's got a ton of experience, invaluable experience now, under his belt after what happened in year one. Obviously, you got to assume that off the field, he's probably bulked up, added some good weight in terms of his muscle mass. And so when you combine all of that, 
Nick Emingworry, he's going to be looked at to be maybe the leader of the defense in 2023. And again, this is a guy that clearly specializes mainly in rush defense. So I highly doubt you're going to see as many mistakes from Nick Emingworry once you get to like week 8, 9, or 10 in this upcoming season. Now, his counterpart at the safety position could very well be another rising sophomore in D.Q. Smith. Now, the first thing that stands out about D.Q. Smith when you look at him is his overall frame. Because D.Q. Smith, he is built like an absolute tank. Being listed at 6'1", 210 pounds. But honestly, y'all, when you see D.Q. Smith on the football field or even just a photo of him, a still shot... DQ Smith looks like a guy that could play linebacker. I mean, he is just massive with the frame that he carries. And here's the other thing. You listen to DQ Smith in interviews that he has done over the past few months, late in the season this past fall. You could just tell that this is a kid that is mature beyond his years. This is a guy that he thinks about the game maybe a little bit differently than a lot of other guys do at his age. And you combine that with, again, the maturity both on and off the field that Nick Edmondbury has, South Carolina, they probably have one of the best safety duos in the entire country. For all of you everydayers, maybe continue to listen to this show over the course of the summer. We might just do another show just on that topic. But the point being, DQ Smith, just like Nick Edmondbury, he specializes in rush defense. He's probably added on more good weight this offseason. He's got another year in the system. Got a lot of experience that, again, maybe you don't want to usually have to give a freshman by having them start the majority of the games in their first year in the SEC, nonetheless. But it's going to really benefit DQ Smith and Nick Emory both going into this season and also beyond. Now, here's another guy that's going to play a big role in this defensive backfield, who, in my opinion, honestly, is the most unsung player in the secondary and that's David Spaulding. Now, Spaulding missed the majority of the season this past year because he was dealing with a couple different injuries, I believe. I think that his season ended last year because of a foot injury that he eventually just had to have surgery on. And he wound up missing the rest of the regular season, obviously. And I believe he even missed a little bit of time at the beginning of spring practice, at least in terms of the team-oriented drills that South Carolina was running. But David Spaulding, at this point, you would have to assume is probably close to 100% if he's not there yet. And this is a guy that when he is on his A game, he is a difference maker in the secondary. And again, if you're looking for an example, go back and watch the Kentucky game from this past fall. David Spaulding had five total tackles in that game, but also forced a fumble on the first offensive play of the game that Kentucky ran. And he also recorded an interception that contest as well. And here's the thing about David Spaulding. Again, another year in the system, yada, yada, yada. But him and DQ Smith both can play either nickelback or safety. Now, if you ask me for my personal opinion, I think that they would be better suited with David Spaulding as the nickel corner and DQ Smith being back there at safety alongside Nick Emmonworry. But David Spaulding, he's a versatile piece back there. He can give you a little bit of everything. And I think that especially with the fact that Cam Smith and Darius Rush are both gone from the secondary with the great careers they had in Columbia over the past few seasons, David Spaulding is going to be a very important piece for this unit. And especially in rush defense, 
This is a guy that has proven before in glimpses that he could be a difference maker. And I think you'll see that again in 2023. And then one more kid I want to bring up before we move on to our final segment. Somebody that is going to be a true freshman, ironically enough, in 2023. But a guy that, in my opinion, is a carbon copy of one of the other players I've already talked about. And that's Jalon Kilgore. Jalen Kilgore, this is a kid that South Carolina got in on pretty early in his recruitment, about a whole year before he actually signed with South Carolina. This is somebody that eventually Clemson offered, the Oklahoma Sooners offered, and I think Georgia actually at one point was at least a little bit interested in Jalen Kilgore. This is a kid that is going to be a ball player for South Carolina. And it's unfortunate that he's probably going to have to wait at least two, three years before fans really get to see him fully because of all the guys that are in front of him at safety. But Jalen Kilgore is a carbon copy of Nick Evanwary in terms of his play style. He's a guy that, again, he knows how to square up a ball carrier. He knows how to lower his shoulder. And he wraps up really well. He has the fundamentals of tackling down to a T, which is something that, admittedly, because of the rule changes and how hard it is to coach around the rules, these days, you rarely see that with a young defensive back heading into college football. But Jalen Kilgore is not a guy that Torian Gray is going to have to worry about in that aspect. He comes from a military background. His father, I believe, was in the military for years and years. So you know that he's going to be disciplined. And he's also a kid that's already getting some reps on special teams based on what we all saw at spring practice a couple months back. So Jalen Kilgore is going to be a big-time player one way or another for this team. But again, when Nick Worry or DQ Smith... Either one need a blow for just a few plays. Jalen Kilgore is going to go out there. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think there's going to be that big of a drop-off. And that is exciting to see because Torian Gray, we've already seen what he can do with both talented players and what he can do with guys that maybe have to be refined and developed over a couple years. Now we're starting to see some talent stack up at certain spots, especially safety. And that should be a real, real dangerous thought for the rest of the SEC teams that are going to be facing South Carolina secondary over the coming years. So Jalen Kilgore combined with Nick Evanwary, David Spalding at DQ Smith, that quartet of safeties right there or defensive backs in general, they're going to help out Stone Bland, Debo Williams, and the rest of the South Carolina defense in terms of really trying to change the narrative surrounding South Carolina's rush defense heading into this upcoming fall. All right, so before we get into our final portion of today's show, real quickly, I want to thank all of you everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. If you want to become an everydayer of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, then you can feel free to follow us wherever you get your audio podcasts daily, subscribe on YouTube, click those bells for notifications on future shows posted from the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. You can even follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCapitalS capital C. Really appreciate all the support, though, that all of you everydayers already give the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. All right, enough of all that. Let's get into Liam Andrews, a two-way lineman from the 2024 recruiting class that you South Carolina Gamecock fans are going to want to remember for the rest of this summer and the rest of this cycle as a whole. Now, there's a reason why I bring up Liam Andrews' name, because some of you might be wondering, why have you talked about this kid up to this point in this recruiting process? Well, the reason is, there hasn't been a whole lot of reason to talk about Liam Andrews, but South Carolina, on the interior defensive line, we talked about this just a couple shows back, 
And that's been really going good for Shane Beamer and this coaching staff when it comes to recruiting interior defensive line. They've missed on multiple targets in this cycle. Guys like Justin Green, Jordan Thomas, Heaven Brown Schuler, and now you could throw in Nasir Johnson to the group as he just committed to the Florida Gators this past week. And a kid that the Gamecocks hosted for an official visit, I believe, just two weekends ago. But... Liam Andrews, again, a two-way lineman, plays both offensive and defensive line for his high school. He was in Columbia for a visit this past weekend. He posted multiple photos on Instagram, posted something on Twitter, I believe, as well. Seemed to have a decent time. And Gamecock fans, of course, have been showing him a lot of love since he put all that out there on social media. Now, for South Carolina, they're recruiting him to play defensive line and... When you look at his film from his junior season, um, it's no wonder why South Carolina thinks he is a future interior defensive line because Liam Andrews possesses all the traits of a modern-day interior lineman. He is a guy that has got great burst off of the line of scrimmage. He has got multiple pass rushing moves in his arsenal with his hands. He could do swipes. He could do clubs. He could do dipping rips. He could do a multitude of different things, which again is something that you don't see too often out of defensive linemen at this stage of their football career. And the other thing to top all that off is Liam Andrews plays with a certain ferocity on the football field. He has a tenacious attitude and Basically an attitude that says, I don't give a you-know-what about you because you're my opponent. we got to go at it for 60 minutes here, and I'm going to put you in the turf every single play. That's the kind of mentality that you want your linemen especially to have on your football team. South Carolina would be getting that with Liam Andrews if he does end up at Columbia at the end of the process. Now... Here's the other reason why South Carolina fans should feel a little more comfortable about where they might stand in his recruitment. Liam Andrews comes from Brookline, Massachusetts. That's his hometown. And that is an hour away from Fiskdale, Massachusetts. The reason I bring up that town is because that's the hometown of Dante Reno, South Carolina's quarterback commit for the 2024 class and arguably their biggest recruiter for this 2024 class. So you know that Dante Reno's already messaging Liam Andrews. You know he's probably already reached out to him several different times, especially after this recent visit. Now, admittedly, it's not going to be easy to get Liam Andrews because he's got a couple of big-name programs from the Northeast that are also pushing for him, like the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin has hosted Liam Andrews on two different occasions to this point, including for an official visit the weekend of June the 9th through the 11th, the weekend prior to his official visit or his visit at South Carolina. He also has taken a multitude or an abundance of visits to Penn State, five of them to be exact, including an official visit that took place on the weekend of June the 2nd through the 4th. Again, Wisconsin, they have turned out a lot of talented defensive prospects and sent a bunch of guys to the NFL. TJ Watt comes to mind. JJ Watt, the Watt brothers. There is a legacy there. And they've got plenty of other guys that I probably could not name off the top of my head as well. Penn State, obviously one of the biggest, most historic programs in that region when it comes to college football. So again, it's certainly not going to be easy. 
But here's the thing. South Carolina's got a lot of reason to want to get Liam Andrews, not just for the fact that he's obviously talented, not just for the fact that one of their biggest commits for this cycle, literally his hometown is located an hour away from Liam Andrews' hometown. But here's the other thing. If South Carolina does not get Liam Andrews, from a ranking standpoint, based on what I've seen, there'd be a massive drop-off after that. If you don't get Liam Andrews, then South Carolina, in a way, you're probably selling for some guys that could be talented, could very well end up being great players. But guys that, at a minimum, would probably take a couple of years to develop in your program. South Carolina's been doing a great job recruiting the trenches in their first couple of years under Shane Beamer. And with the offensive line of the 2024 class, that has continued. But defensive line is just as important, obviously, when it comes to the SEC. And South Carolina can ill afford to see a massive drop-off when it comes to the recruiting on that front. Dylan Stewart, great player. South Carolina likely leads for him at this moment. I still feel very confident in saying that. And he is going to be a good edge rusher wherever he ends up going, including South Carolina. But Dylan Stewart, he can't just be the only guy you get on the defensive line. You have to get some other guys to pair up with him. Liam Andrews, he's got all of the qualities of a modern-day interior pass-rushing defensive lineman that you want in your program. It could be a difference maker for a defensive line unit. Go and look at Georgia. See how it's made a difference for them over the past five, six, seven years. So Liam Andrews, nonetheless... He is a guy to watch. He is an important name to remember for South Carolina football fans if you really like to pay attention to recruiting. Could make or break what South Carolina does on the defensive line when it comes to recruiting for the rest of this cycle, at least on the interior of the defensive line. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on Stone, Bland, and Diva Williams at linebacker and what they could do to help turn the tide when it comes to South Carolina's rush defense heading into this upcoming season? What are your thoughts on some of the secondary members and how they could assist both those guys in that aspect? And lastly, what do you think about Liam Andrews? Do you think that this is a guy that South Carolina needs to get in this cycle? Let me know your thoughts on all those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a lion underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to you as quickly as I see your message. But once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this Monday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your day and a fantastic start to the work week. Oh, and one more thing, a Happy belated Father's Day to all of you fathers that are part of Gamecock Nation. For my dad, John Lyon, dad, I love you so much. Thank you for everything that you have done for me. And again, I hope that all the rest of you Gamecock fathers out there had a great Father's Day as well. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.